This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Mindsetters, welcome back. Just finished up a phenomenal episode with Colton Lindsay, who is a phenomenal real estate agent and coach and trainer and is doing some really cool things based out of Utah, teaching and training real estate brokers on how to really push their life to a whole nother level. Not only is he teaching them the tactics that they need to succeed as a real estate broker, but more importantly, he's hidden within there all the mindset and personal development pieces that are so critical that really make the difference. He's a super authentic guy. I think you guys are going to love this conversation because we dive a lot into rituals and habits. We dive a lot into the mindset and some of the serious challenges that he went through in his life and how he transformed his mindset and view so that you can really move forward. I know I took away some big things. He's a fellow breathwork type guy. He is a Tony Robbins, uh, fan. And that's actually where I met him. I met him at a Tony event and I'd been following him on YouTube and seeing some of his stuff on sales. And so I think you guys are going to really love this. Uh, if you've been enjoying the investor mindset thus far, I encourage you guys to share this with a friend, pass this episode along. If you think it's going to make a difference for somebody else, if it made a difference for you, then it definitely will. And we'd love your support. Hit subscribe. Make sure you hit subscribe so you can get notified whenever we get a new episode. And if you love what we're doing, you know, give us a little support. These are totally free. Everything we're doing is totally free. So payment is drop us a review, share us on, on Instagram, uh, and share us with some of your friends so that we can start making an even bigger impact in the world and touch and reach more people. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm excited today. I have Colton Lindsay in the studio. How are you doing, Colton? Freaking love my life. Thanks for asking. What's up? That's what I love to hear. I love people who are just doers and really developing themselves as a person. And, and Colton is an incredible real estate agent and broker who's become ranked in the top 1% of sales agents in his real estate market by age of 28, uh, averaging 75 houses per year. And his rapid growth was built upon his personal drive to keep getting better, which is how we got connected. And he's internationally recognized as a prospecting expert, financial freedom teacher, and known for his podcast and YouTube channel, WGR Academy. He's doing some really good things. Excited to jump into this mindset. You ready to talk about things, Colton? Yeah, let's do it, my man. Let's crank it. All right. So taking a look back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Jeez, you know what? Like, I was, I was, as I'm single now, I'm starting to pay attention to people's background stories and people, they'll either see it as like the curse or the gift. And mm -hmm. so I look at those biggest challenges for me that were gifts, um, in working through, you know, Tony Robbins organization, doing different ceremonies and different things I've worked with. Um, there's a couple of things that stand out. One is when I was about 20 months old, my parents accidentally left me in a vehicle for two hours in the middle of June. Mm. Uh, and at that time I had made a decision that, um, life was like, you had to do it by yourself. Life was lonely and that it was dangerous. Right. And then I had another incident when I was about three years old, just before I was three years old, I break, broke my femur. And at that point, I made the decision that life was not, uh, and reinforced the decision that life wasn't safe, that it was painful, 
and it was not fun. And then um, when I was about five, six years old, I spilled red punch on my parents' carpet of the brand new house that they were building. They hadn't moved in yet and they physically beat my ass, right? Mm. And I made the decision that I wasn't wanted, that I wasn't good enough, and that I just had to take care of myself, right? So these are some early on things that started shaping my view of myself, okay? Yeah. And as I continued forward, there's these similar experiences clear up until, you know, as a teenager that I then, and I'd probably even say to my early twenties before I became consciously aware that the belief started stacking on that I wasn't Uh good enough. Life was lonely. And the only way that I would, I would do things is I had to prove myself to others. And so one of the, those experiences when I played little league, my, I was smaller, right? And so my coaches would say, if you guys had twice the heart or half the heart that Colton had, you guys would be twice as good. So Mm -hmm. I thought, Okay, he, he's given it as a compliment, obviously, but I took it as, look, I got to work twice as hard just to be as good as everyone else, right? Mm. And so then I started working twice as hard, which in my 20s and into the early 30s well, built my so, financial freedom. So let me just dive into that for a second here. It's amazing, first off, that you can remember these scenarios and you've really connected deep down to them to, to understand what's happening. But it's, it sounds like you had this view of these beliefs that weren't really empowering you and you kept reinforcing them over and over again. Um, what, what did that do for you? How did, how did that, how did that actually turn out for you? So the positive in that is, listen, I freaking, the positive is I said, Hey, you know what? I got to go to work and I can prove myself through success, which I created financial freedom through this. I tell everyone I was financially free by 31, miserable by 32, right? So I had created the business, created the financial freedom, but I was completely unhappy. But that's when I had a really great gift, which was a painful experience because pain is inevitable. We're going to experience it, but suffering's the choice. Um, You know, Buddha talks about that. But I had a friend pass away when I was Mm. 32 uh, from stomach cancer. And that really just opened up my eyes to say, hey, listen, Colton, you're going to die one day. Between now and then, what do you want to experience? So the question I ask is, what do I want to, experience, what do, I want to do before I die? And it was like, I, at that point, I wanted to be healthy. So I started shifting. I started getting my health in gear, stopped doing, smoking weed every day, stopped drinking so much, uh, lost about 45 pounds, started drinking green smoothies. Still to this day, I do it. Started exercising five days a week um, and really just leveled up my health, which then cleared a lot of negative energy from my body. And then I was able to start working even more so on not such a mindset of warrior where I always have to work, 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 hustle, 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 grind, 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 which I think a lot of viewers probably listen is like, that's the message today, hustle and grind, hustle and grind, right? The reality is you don't need to hustle and grind. We're living in a quantum reality, not a linear reality. Mm -hmm. And too often the hustle and grind mode is one plus one equals two, whereas in the quantum reality or the wizard mode is one plus one equals six or seven or whatever the fuck you want it to equal, right? It's creating something out of thin air. That's the real idea of think and grow rich. Um, but that was the first time only in my early thirties, the last probably three years that I was able to actually begin to creating from a heart space versus a head space. And that was really fucking cool. So I had built because of my younger beliefs, an amazing business that put me in a great financial situation by the time I had this realization. I love that. Well, by being able to redefine yourself and being more healthy and kind of changing that that energy, it sounds like it, it com- completely redefined the life that you're living right now and the quality of that life. I feel like oh, so many 100%. people get caught up 
in this success cycle. And I know myself, I've got caught up in it where you're just grinding and you're grinding and you're grinding. And then all of a sudden you realize you're like, well, what what the heck is all of this for? And Mm -hmm. it's not really empowering me for the life that I thought I was going to live. So, you know, tell us a little bit, what is your primary focus? What is it that you do? One of the things that happened in my twenties while I was building my business is, um, I was smoking weed all day, every day. I was Mm -hmm. getting drunk at two o'clock on a Wednesday. Uh, there was a time in my life where I was taking drugs. I don't even know what they were. I'd be at a party and put pills in my body. I don't even know what they were. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even through my experience with working with the native American, like you asked about that tattoo earlier, working with the native American tribes from doing sweat lodges to peyote ceremonies, to psilocybin ceremonies, to large doses of hallucinogens. Um, I was really in this space of trying to find self-love and self-acceptance. And once I could realize, you know what, like that doesn't come externally, it's all internally. Mm-hmm. I could develop it. I realized that was what was missing, at least in my niche of real estate agent community. And so we launched the WGR Academy, which was, at first I wanted to just teach that, but I realized people needed it, but they didn't want it because they didn't, weren't, weren't aware of it. They thought that it was building yeah. a business and, and creating financial freedom. So I started tricking people into selling them on the idea what I was going to teach them was building their business and creating financial freedom, which I do do that. But then I like the main part is, is teaching them the self-love and the self-validation and this personal fulfillment aspect of it. And it's just phenomenal. So if I look at the message of my life, it's simply between now and when I die is I just want to make a difference. And the best way I can give a difference or make a difference is by giving the gifts I've been given. And that's mm-hmm. currently with my skill set and my experience is building a real estate sales business for traditional real estate sales, managing the cash flow that you can create. Because I mean, realtors, you can make seven figures easily, right? Mm-hmm. Now you manage that seven figures the right way by paying yourself first. And I teach seven different accounts that you manage into. And then all of a sudden you can invest that capital into creating passive residual income. So you become financially free. You can do that in four to five years or sooner, right? It's really rapid to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But then the third piece is how do you fall in love with the process? How do you really just enjoy the painful moments and see them as the blissful unsatisfaction? Meaning Mm -hmm. you're hungry for more. And that's the one thing, Steve, that I've realized is that I don't know how to teach that is hunger. Like I've just realized people either are hungry or they're not. And I don't know how to, I personally don't know how to ignite that. So the way our business model is we, we target people that are hungry, that literally I know that they're willing to do whatever it takes to create life on their terms through the real estate community. And so we've just created a funnel to really identify those people. And then we put them through our process that I went through just with way less drugs and alcohol. <laughs> and we use things like holotropic breath work and meditation mm. and yoga um, and, you know, bringing in different trainers and speakers that um, are able to, to teach them and, and compress their growth and their business, their finances and their personal fulfillment. So that's where I'm at right now. It's just make a difference for that piece. You really can change people's lives on such a, a huge level when you can introduce them to that stuff. But it is interesting. I've been interviewing a lot of young investors, people who are up and coming. And when I ask them what they need or what they want, they tell me they want the tactics on how to go find a deal. But what mm-hmm. they actually need is how do they change their beliefs and their view of themselves and what they're capable of and so that they can really find that, that real drive that's within to really go there. Um, so first off, Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing uh, a little bit about this because the truth is everybody who's listening at some point has thought to themselves, oh, I'm not sure like, if I can really do this. I'm not sure if I'm good enough or I, I don't know if I have 
love for myself in this moment. But we don't talk about it very often. And because we don't talk about it, people don't really, they feel like they're kind of alone on this path. Um, and so I think you're doing really great stuff in the world uh, by going out and having these conversations with brokers who are going through tough times and helping them find a way you know, forward where they can have the fulfillment and the money. Well, here's, here's the interesting thing. A lot of people, as I've been more open about my story in depth, which we barely even touched on here, mm-hmm. is I get real estate agents every week reaching out to me about, hey, listen, I'm taking four or five Oxycontin a week or I mean, a day right now, or I'm using this drug or that drug or th- I'm addicted, whatever. And I've, I would dare say 30 to 40% of the real estate community is addicted to some sort of vice like that. And everyone else is addicted to something else, whether it's food, shopping, social media is really like this, this, I don't even know where my phone, this right here is an addiction, this phone for, for everyone right now. And it's, it's all numbing out the pain that people are experiencing on the internal. So, but here's, here's, here's why it's so important though, Steve, I'll give you an example of the quantum reality of doing business this way. So my business partner, Zach, who practices a lot, the same things as I do, he's my partner in the brokerage that we have. Um, here's a, he, we, we do a lot of investments together. I'll do hard money loans for him, or he does like different developments and stuff. But he was at Maverick at 5 a.m. because he was going to check on one of his projects about an hour north of here. Um, and while he was there, he ran into this lady there and he just was like, hey, how's your day going, right? Like just because he makes it a point to be talking to people all the time. And she's like, oh, it's horrible. I have to go clean my my mom's house out or something like that and or clear like 14 cats out of this house and so he took it as a signal wait 14 cats what kind of house is this that's 14 cats right and she she just was so like distraught about this problem that she had to deal with and he's like hey i'll buy that house from you and she's like really so then two hours later he cancels appointment logan goes over to the house and meets her and her sister there and then discovers it's a fiveplex and within another two hours, he put that deal under contract for $250,000. And then within a week, he had it under contract with someone else at $330,000. So yeah. that to me is quantum reality, right? Like that's where he just created an $80,000 margin on that deal just because he was willing to just be there in that heart space, in that communication space. And that's and a lot of people are going from the outside and say, that's lucky right? Mm-hmm. But that's not lucky. That's his intention. That's what he's focusing on. That's what he's creating. And, and that's how easy it really is to create your success financially in a business. And too often, we're seeing people want to know the structure, the strategy, the how-to. And that's really only 10 to maybe 20%. The mechanics is 10 to 20%. And really, the real structure strategy someone needs to learn is how do I just talk with someone? How do I communicate with someone? How do I, am I willing to give them an offer, right? If you guys, if, I think your followers are investors, how do I just like negotiate a deal? Like that's maybe the the strategy you need because when you run into that person, you need to know how to get that deal under contract quickly. But for the most part, everything else is can be quantum reality created. So the 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 truth is for a lot of people, when you say the word quantum reality, it's gonna go right over their head. And for some people, it's gonna really speak to them. But if but if my understanding, which is the same, I think, as yours, if you guys are listening to Joe Dispenza or anybody who's talking about stuff on this kind of a place, it's this whole idea of that if you set really clear intentions as if something is going to happen and you put it out into the world, you you essentially manifest that to happening within your reality. You bring that directly to you. And by putting that energy out, you end up getting something back in return. So I think, I think for anybody who that's going over your head, don't worry about it. 
take it in, recognize that it's there. And when you're ready for it, you'll, you can start diving in. And I, if you are ready for it, I'd recommend checking out some of Joe Dispenza's books or work. And I'm sure uh, Colton will have some suggestions as well. But on the, on the whole addiction front, you talked about everybody being addicted to things and 40% of these folks are addicted to drugs or alcohol and the rest are <laughs> addicted to their phones. These are huge things that end up preventing us from being in the present moment. And the, that, that being prevented from being there stops us from really executing at our full potential. And so I know the power of breath work um, as a way to become aware of what's happening and these feelings and, and recognizing these thoughts. But tell us a little bit more about how you've been able to help people kind of eliminate some of these things that aren't really empowering them uh, so they can do what they're meant to do. Well, I, I think what's interesting how you started out the question is what, what beliefs developed me from a child. That seems to be a pretty standard question you probably ask on your interviews. And uh-huh. um, here's what controls through quantum creation or quantum reality is three different areas. One is that vision of the future, that clarity, like you talked about, but not just having that vision and really absorbing the emotion behind it. See, time equals emotion. It doesn't equal money. It doesn't equal anything else. It equals emotion. So the question is, what emotion am I going to experience? And then that will anchor onto the thought and then that's what we'll create. But the challenge is, is we are literally perpetuating our future based on our past and it doesn't have to be that way. So how do we change our past through those three ways? One is the vision of the future. Two is by changing your actions immediately, creating new historical moments right now. You do something different right now that you haven't historically been doing. But the third way is actually to change your perception of the past. Okay, And that's how where holotropic breathwork comes in is because you're able to go, maybe sometimes you, you actually see it through your breathwork, maybe you don't, but you're able to, to, to naturally shift the atomic level your view of your past life, right? So for example, yeah, at the moment, as a five-year-old kid, when my parents whipped my ass because I spilled red punch on the carpet, I had the belief I wasn't good enough. I wasn't great enough, right? Looking back, I can see as an adult, hey, you know what? Dude, they were in their mid-20s. They were financially stressed. They freaked out because of their emotional experience. They made a bad decision. But this is how it's blessed my life. It's been one of the greatest gifts because I wouldn't be where I'm at financially otherwise, okay? And so as you go through that, I want you to imagine it like the atomic level in your nervous system. Your nervous system and your body is really the unconscious mind that stores all of the data of your past experiences. And so where you maybe have some tension in your body or some negative space in your body, it's basically the atomic level just freaking out chaotically. And when you can go through and do a breath work, and you're seeing this with other practices such as ayahuasca or, or, or psilocybin today, which is a very aggressive approach to do it. But through breath work, it's such a, it's a much more delicate approach to be able to disrupt that chaos and allow the energy to begin flowing again through your unconscious mind. And so you might not even consciously remember that experience, but it will literally shift the way you view the past on an unconscious level so that when you put information into your reticular activating system, that's like you listening to this podcast right now, you're putting new information in there. It will go into your reticular activating system if you plug that information in enough and it will go to your unconscious mind and it will prove that right. It will prove that true. It'll prove that to be your experience. And you've already absorbed so much data, so much information in your life, it's going to have no problem finding this information that money comes easily and frequently, that you are a valuable asset. You have this dream inside of you and you can naturally release it. So that is why the breathwork is so important. So with my mastermind members, we take them through that process several times and they're able to review their perception of their past, which then in turn perpetuates a new future mixed with a vision of the future and creating new habits in this moment. 
Did that, did that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely made sense. It's, <laughs> it's a lot coming at you all at once, guys. So don't be afraid to hit rewind for, uh, you know, go back 30, 60, 90 seconds and re-listen to it again because repetition is the mother skill. You're going to get better understanding with each, each time you listen. So, so obviously you're doing some stuff uh, on a mind level about how you can clear up these old, these old thoughts, these old beliefs, these things that really are stopped you from living life. Like you were succeeding, but you weren't really enjoying life. Um, what has life been like since you made that decision to start doing that? At first, it was really disruptive because it's the thing about like the Big Bang. The idea of the Big Bang theory was complete chaos with a bang, but it com- created complete order, okay, of the entire universe and in life here on Earth, close enough to the sun, we don't melt or freeze, but far enough away, we don't melt, right? Like, and it's, it's a really amazing wonder and awe that we even exist, at least the way I view it. And, but to do that, there had to be chaos. And so as you start making these shifts, logically, the brain won't understand why all this seem, stuff seems to be going bad, right? Or not going the way you want it to go. And if you're patient and if you trust the process and you continually put the information in, and this is, see, this is where life happens for you is positive echoes happen in our lives. Now, if I'm doing a morning routine and I'm meditating and I'm praying and I'm cold plunging and I'm reading powerful declarations and I'm doing my... my these activities, I might not see results for six months to two years, truthfully, like even when I start up a business. But if I do a negative, like I start smoking and doing drugs and drinking a lot of alcohol or eating food, not working out, you're going to see that negative echo in probably two to three months. And so you'll see those echoes much quicker. The challenge is, is when you're not seeing those positive results is how do I validate and approve of myself? How do I increase my self-worth? and my self-value and my self-confidence because truthfully today's world you're only really validated by the outside is if you're showing something flashy for the most part right yeah and so it takes a, a very focused individual to validate themselves when they don't have those results but if you continue it then you will subtly look back and realize like holy shit look at what i've created this is amazing. And you'll also realize like you truthfully didn't create anything. You intended it. And somehow, some way mixed with whatever created all of this, this energy, this source, God, call it whatever, it happened for you more than you did it yourself. You didn't ever really do it yourself. And so as we, we do these routines, it's so important that we can help those that are attracted to us begin to understand and not necessarily our responsibility to apply it in their lives, but be there to support them as they apply it, be there to support them as they go through this thing. So if we look at what happened to me, I found out I, I became consciously aware I was in a horrible relationship with my marriage at the time. So that unraveled. I knew I was in bad partnerships within business that unraveled. Um, and then here we are fast forward a few years. It's the happiest I've ever been. I'm making the most money. I'm working the fewest amount of hours of actual work time. The idea of financial freedom was so I could travel the world with my family. But now as being a single dad, I get to spend three and a half, four days a week with my daughters doing things they want to do from going to dance practice to going to their book fair to going to their friend's birthday parties. It's, it's not traveling to Brazil, like in my mind, what it was, uh-huh. right? But the experience is my experience and it's the most blissful experience because you come to a state of pure bliss, no matter what's going on. 
but there's still this piece of a piece of hunger inside, like this dream inside that is unsatisfied. So it's like these, these spaces of not ever being satisfied so you can do more, be more and progress because that equals happiness. But as you go down that path, it's just like looking at everything through a lens of wonder and awe and amazement. Like, holy fuck, this is my life. This is wild. This is crazy. And so that's what it's done for me. And, and I've, a lot of my friends, that's what they're experiencing. It's, it's the, it's, and it's, here's the other thing, Steve. You can't explain it logically. It is not, yeah. you can't strategically put it on a piece of paper and step-by-step step it. It's not, you're not able to communicate it that way. And so, I mean, hey guys, <laughs> mindsetters who are listening right now, I mean, doesn't that sound like a pretty good life? Living in bliss and wonder and awe and enjoying everything that you're doing along the way. Uh, it sounds pretty good to me. So, so Colton, question for you here. Uh, how would you define success and what is success to you now? Uh, you know, I still like the definition of Earl Nightingale. So it's a worthy, it's the, the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And to me, it's like, what is that worthy ideal? And are you progressively doing that? And it's like, Rob Deirdrick talked about this on an interview I listened to once. There's, and even uh, Matthew McConaughey talks about it. He always needs a person to chase. And that, that person for him to chase is him 10 years from now. So we have this optimized version of ourself. And then we're constantly optimizing as we develop spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, financially, and we come to the state of bliss. And, but all of a sudden, as we optimize, our vision optimizes. It gets bigger. It gets grander. It gets like even more like possible because you understand that you don't need to know exactly how to do it. In fact, you'll never, even once you achieve it, probably know exactly how you did it. You, the right person will end up in your life. The right podcast will end up on your ear. The right person will bump into you getting coffee at five in the morning and you make 80 grand on a deal. That's, that's how it works. I do want to let people know though, just because there is this blissful state of blissful unsatisfaction doesn't mean everything happens like perfect. In fact, yeah. it, it usually doesn't. doesn't mean that I don't have pain. doesn't mean that mm -hmm. people still don't leave my life or people don't die or there's not challenges. It's just, I look at those as opportunities now. I look at those as lessons now. Like one of, I have this tattoo on my arm that stands for impermanence because what I realize is every human relationship physically ends one day, whether it's an ended business relationship, a marriage, a friendship, or even just a physical death. And so I've learned to really, when those relationships are there, cherish them, be so grateful for them. And when they're not there, can smile that they even happened because it was mm -hmm. a gift. And oftentimes those lessons, like I love it when I'm right in the middle of it because I know the lesson is coming. I know it's not mm -hmm. right there at that moment because I can't see it. I haven't developed it yet, but it's after the fact. And that's how manifestation works. It's after the fact. And I can look back. I'm like, oh my gosh, there it is. There's the gift. There's the lesson. And that's where the bliss comes from is seeing all the amazing synchronicities. And that's why addiction, it keeps you from that, right? Like Think about this. How many people go to lunch texting like this all the time and they're missing the synchronicity right there in front of them in 3D? Mm -hmm. This is not life. This is a communication tool. And, and I don't know if your podcast can see this, but I'm holding up my phone. And, and what we, we have our eyes and our focus so much into the digital world that we're missing the three-dimensional world. We're missing it. And that's where all the bliss lays, is, lies is in the three-dimension. That's, so, that's such, a big, such a big idea right there. Such a big idea. So, so tell me, Colton, do you feel successful? 
I mean, it, according to that definition, absolutely. But success to me has evolved because it's fulfillment is way more important, right? And there'll still be these fears that come up, Steve. They're like, you get to a successful level with your finances and your net worth, your past residual income, and then the fear might come up. Like, well, what if I lose it all? And then, but now it's just breathe through and let it go. And it's like, dude, listen, you've gone this far and it keeps serving you and everything's going to be okay. And you've probably heard on podcast that one question. Like if you could go back and tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? Obviously, I would never shift any of my lessons, but I would just give my younger self one piece of advice. And that is that everything turns out okay. Everything just Mm -hmm. turns out okay. And I actually, through holotropic breathwork, one of the practices that I teach is things will come up from your past and it will be a painful experience. And what I suggest is in that moment when it comes up is feed your younger self love. Mm -hmm. And then it started to become aware of me that if I'm feeding my my younger self love, then my future self is actually feeding me love right now in these moments. And um, then it came to the, the, my belief is that the future, the present and the past, it's all happening simultaneously. It's just materializing in our current vision of our current state and our current filter that we're experiencing in this dimension. Yeah. It's interesting, Colton, as we're talking here, I mean, so much of this is really speaking to me. A lot of the stuff that I've been exploring lately, I've been getting really deep into breath work, been doing that consistently nearly every day for the last two or three months. And and it's a lot, right? It's a, it's a lot to dive in, but doing it at home is something you can do. And for those who are interested in learning more about, about breath work, I'd encourage you to, you know, go online, uh, you know, there's some, some information you can do on YouTube. There's some practitioners who are local in your community where you can show up to like a yoga style class and do it. Uh, you can look up uh, one of the people that I follow, David Elliott, has some audios that you can download and listen to at home. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Um, but we're just getting, we're getting near the end of the show here. But I want to ask you one of my favorite questions. What are some of your keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that end up leading to a, uh, a wonderful life. Awesome. And I will throw out there, um, sk- follow Samantha Skelly. She owns a company mm-hmm. called Pause Breathwork. Very good friend of yes. mine. And, um, but what I love what she's doing with breathwork is that it's a modern version of breathwork. So it's the healing version, but for, for modern times versus a lot of breathwork today, if you follow a lot of the audios with them, they're really tribal or they're really like, ancient, right? Which they're still very powerful, but they're very aggressive. Whereas what she's doing is really modern type tracks, which is super cool. Um, So as far as for me, she's got some good stuff for sure. Yeah. She's amazing. She actually spoke at my event in Dallas. 90% of the room was in tears. Like as we went through that breathwork, because it was so healing, I took, and it's Mm -hmm. through a miniature one because we couldn't go through a full version there with that many people, but it was amazing to do that. Um, and so like when I do my breath work or my, my mastermind in Boca here in the first part of November, Govinda, who's a great friend of mine now, um, he's been doing leading breath work for a decade now. And so he'll be leading all of my mastermind partners through this really in-depth two-hour session, which will be phenomenal. So I recommend you guys learn it because here's where a lot of people too, now we're talking on the subject, my personal self as I've experienced what's called this plant-based medicine. I just think it's drugs personally, right? Ayahuasca, peyote, Mm -hmm. psilocybin, LSD. And that's becoming more and more mainstream, but there's really like no major scientific proof behind it at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's very aggressive. And so done in the wrong way, it could really damage you, like some really really painful things. But here's what I love about breath work 
is that it's something I can do on a Tuesday night by myself. I can do it every morning like you're doing every morning. And, and as you ask me, what are some of those things that I do in my life regularly? I look at it as I have these routines, my morning routine, my day routine, and my evening routine. And then inside of these routines, I have rituals. And these rituals are practices or actions that I take consistently because repetition is the mother of all skill. You brought that up earlier. And as I do these, these practices, it creates specific emotions in my life. So I ask myself, well, what emotion do I want to feel in the morning? What emotion do I want to feel during the day? What emotion do I want to feel during the evening? And each day is a little bit different, but the gist of it is in the morning for me, I want to feel peace and tranquility and I want to feel self-love and I want to just feel the bliss. So my morning rituals are just that. And usually the best way to do that are practices that challenge the mind because the mind is what will bring up the 95% of fears that will never affect you physically. So for me, I, I right away, my first ritual is I drink 30 ounces of water and then I ask myself, what are three things in the previous 24 hours that made me smile or laugh? And then I write them down and I replay them in my mind for about 60 seconds so that I'm training my mind through the reticular activating system to go out through my day to see those blissful experiences. That's why I experience more of a blissful state today because I've trained myself that way. Mm -hmm. But it's consistent practice over time because practice makes not perfect, but permanent. So that's the first thing I do. Then after that, I go down into my basement and I sit in 47 degrees water uh, up to my neck for about four minutes, listening to one of my declaration tracks that I created. So currently I'm focusing more on my health and fitness. So for four minutes, I just listen to myself go on a rant with wrote classical music why I, while I sit in 47 degree water. And it's an amazing experience to then challenge the mind because the mind is, hey, get out of the cold water. Hey, it's too cold. Hey, you don't need to do this today. Hey, this is dangerous. Hey, what if this? What if that? But then it really allows me to let go of that thought and then focus on the thought that I want to focus on, which is I'm a lean 168 pounds. I naturally drink my green drink every single day. I maximize my health, whatever those declarations are. Mm -hmm. From there, then I move uh, at that point, then it really wakes up my body and I need to begin to warm up my body at that point. So I move into Tai Chi, which Tai Chi is basically a body motion meditation. And from Tai Chi, then I move into a form of vocal prayer. And then from vocal prayer, I move into um, a breathwork session. So I do about, depending on the day, 10 to 15 minutes of breathwork. And then from there, I move into a meditation for about 20 minutes. And after I finish my meditation, I get showered, ready to go. Then I just go finalize my nu nutrition, take my supplements. And then I move to a different location uh, every day. And I do what's called a smart day. And you're probably familiar with uh, RPMs, right? Results, mm -hmm. purpose, massive actions, or rapid planning method. So it's basically a 30-minute CEO meeting with myself to get really clear on what are my three to five massive outcomes that I want to create for that day. And then I flood it with certainty. So one of those outcomes is to be a badass business gladiator that generates sales revenue in my business. So then I, I, I write down 20 reasons why that's important to me because I want to fund my even more my financial freedom. I want to fund my daughter's lifestyle. I want to grow the business. I want to serve more clients. I come up with 20 reasons and it's easier and easier to come up with those reasons. But then I come up with based on that activity, what are three to five massive actions that if I do those actions today will absolutely generate that outcome? And then that's what I fill my day with doing. Okay. Um, and then from there, as I move into my day, I look at my business. I go from an energy of peace and tranquility and self-belief to excitement and enthusiasm to absolute certainty that I'm going to drive deals into my business. I'm going to drive customers into my academy. I'm going to lead the vision of our company. And then as that goes throughout my day, I work in a lot of certainty mode, unless I'm about to head to Puerto Rico, then I'm just excited all the time. Um, uh -huh. And then um, in the evening, once that's done, 
I move uh, to a space of relaxation and celebration and victory and connection. So then that's what my activities and my rituals begin for the end of the day. And I found for me is in the middle of the day, after I get my major stuff done, is where I put my physical exercise in. So about one o'clock to three o'clock is typically when I go to do the gym or I go to yoga or I do something physical. And I always do a meditation at the end of that physical exercise as well. So meditate twice a day. Uh, that's it. And I show those are my rituals. That's pretty in depth. That, that might be that more is than pretty, what you want. That is pretty in depth, but I, I love it. I mean, you're, you're really, I think you're giving some inspiration to what's possible. And if you guys are just getting started, pick a couple things and start layering those on and you'll start to see some big changes in your life. So we've got to my favorite part of the show, the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. Um, so tell me, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Um, you know, the book that's probably impacted me the most is The Untethered Soul, an amazing book by a guy named Michael Singer, who really talks about the idea of that I'm not my thoughts. I'm the observer of my thoughts. And who's the observer of the observer of the thoughts, right? Meaning, if I look at my hand, I'm not my hand. My hand is just the vehicle that what I really am or who I really am is nav- using as a vehicle to navigate through. A book I'm really excited about right now, and I can't believe I've never read it before by Viktor Frankl, is the A Man's Search for Meaning, which is an amazing book. And I can't believe, uh, it's just I'm blessed with it in my life at this point. So that's the book I'm currently reading right now. That's awesome. From an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors? And how do you look at finding great mentors in your life? Great. So I'll answer that second question first is how do I find great mentors is by knowing the result or the similar outcome that I want and, and asking myself, does this person have the physical result that I want in my life? So meaning some people might have the physical aspects of like health and nutrition, but they don't have the relationship, right? So if someone has the relationship I want, that's who I'm mentoring with. Uh, if someone has the physical body and health and vitality I want, that's who I'm mentoring with. Um, if someone has the financial outcome that, the, that I want in my business, that's who I'm mentoring with. And it would be ideal if I could find mentors, which there are a few out there that kind of have all of those aspects put together. But sometimes you have to have multiple mentors. Um, I think to a side note on that, because I know the mentor is really different than a coach. A co- there's a lot of debate that like, oh, some coaches haven't performed at that level. To be a great coach, you don't have to perform at, a, at that certain level. You have to be able to perform at a certain level as a coach. And best coaches I've found is you have to be able to ask amazing questions. Really, a great salesperson is a great leader, is a great coach, is a great interviewer, is they ask great questions and they become great listeners to whatever that person is talking. And as they listen, instead of giving the feedback and the advice of what to go do, they will ask the question that will trigger you to usually get a little upset with yourself, but force you to face the thing that you're avoiding dealing with. That's what makes a great coach, in my opinion. A great mentor is just going to model for you and be there and support you and and answer and support you along the way. Um, So some of the, the people I've mentored with, I mean, I've invested a lot in the Tony Robbins organization, which... Tony is an amazing mentor, an amazing example on all levels. Um, now, you know, I do a lot with Luke Wren. Luke's been one of my current mentors. I've got a guy named James Hotalling I've coached with uh, for about a decade now. Um, I've got um, Thomas Tadlock out of Houston, Texas, been an amazing mentor with me. I'm currently mentoring with Doug Nelson. He's the uh, lead trainer and coach for a company called Success Resource America. If you've heard of that company, it's a, it's a, they, they put on the program uh, National Achievers 
conference or, or, or whatever that's called, the NAC event with like Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins and them. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a few of my mentors that I, that I currently work with right now. And then one that's kind of a distant mentor that I really observe online a lot is Ed Milet. I really admire what, what he's done. He's amazing. That's amazing. And as you guys can see here, uh, Colton's extremely successful and he's gone and found a lot of people who he's going to be learning from in the different sectors that are important to him. So it's not all about having one mentor and having them have to be everything. It's about going out and finding many different people you can learn from and apply those things that you love in your life. So from a, from a purpose perspective, what drives you to live your best life every day? Uh, you know, I used to have some elaborate big why and the reality is it's because I can this is my experience. This is my opportunity. It's because that's my choice. And it's that simple. I mean, there's always these reasons like, oh, I have my daughters and, you know, I have these people I want to serve. And there's, the, there's that. And there's really some cool things you can anchor into driving your outcomes through looking at that way. But ultimately, to me, it's because I fucking can. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been so much fun. I, uh, I really enjoy talking to you because you really think at another level, on another plane, and you can really help make change for people like you've been doing. So where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Uh, one of the best places is on Instagram at the WGR, T-H-E-W-G-R. And then you could just search my name, Colton Lindsay. Um, but if, if you want to connect with me the fastest and you're in real estate in any way, go to the WGR on Instagram. Love it. We will, we will link to that in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for being on. I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Cool, man. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 